Hey friends, this is your host, Mindy Duff, and you're listening to Up Level Your Life with Mindy, your number one personal growth podcast that will bring you closer to uncovering your greatest self. As a certified holistic health and nutrition coach, I created this podcast for anyone who desires to improve physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I'll be interviewing experts and sharing tips and tricks that have helped not only my clients, but that have guided me on my own transformational journey. I believe that we all have a greatness that lies within. We just need to uncover it. Are you ready to level up? Then let's begin. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Up Level Your Life with Mindy. I am your host, Mindy Duff. And continuing on our topic about spirituality, this whole season, if you've been following, I've been diving into all different kinds of aspects of spirituality. And today, I'm really excited for this one. Although I'm going to put a little caveat out here because this, for some of you, is going to be like, what are you talking about? (laughs) But I think it's really fascinating and it's my podcast, so we're going to talk about it. Um, I have a guest with me today. We're talking to Priscilla Campos, and she is the Atlantean priestess. And we're going to be talking about the lost city of Atlantis a little bit, um, Mm. which is something that, you know, I heard about growing up as a kid and always thought it was just like a myth, a fable, fairy tale type thing. Um, Just like the story of Cinderella. Oh, yeah, there's a city at the bottom of the sea and it sunk and whatever. I don't know. Um, There's even a is it? I don't think it's a Disney show, but there's a cartoon several years ago that they made about it as well. There's a movie on it. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that was basically my knowledge of it, but let me tell you what, there's, there's a lot more to be learned here and I am not the expert. So that's why Priscilla is here with us. So thank you, Priscilla, for joining us today. Thank you. Blessings, everybody. Uh, Golden Atlantean blessings, as I like to say. Love it. So tell us just a little bit about yourself and what you do. Uh, now I'm a teacher of Atlantis, a teacher of golden Atlantis. That is my, um, number one thing that I do in life, meaning that I help heal the trauma from the great fall, which most of our world is suffering from. Uh, I help people remember who they've always been, which is usually an Atlantean or Lemurian upon this planet. And then I activate you into your highest form, meaning that if you're a female, I help you remember that you are a priestess, a high priestess, a queen, a teacher, I was woman, a shaman, whatever it is, if you're the male, um, the male version of those things. So um, Atlantis to me has become my whole life. And just that little part of me that I'll have to make the correction, it's not a a city. Atlantis is a whole entire civilization that covered the entire planet. Uh, And the same way we might think of ancient Rome or ancient Egypt in its heyday, really covering vast amounts of land. So there is a misconception people, a lot of scholars will write, oh, we found the lost city of Atlantis. Okay, well, there is uh, thousands of cities of Atlantis built exactly like the homeland uh, in honor and in um, in the energetic symbolism of it. So you're going to find parts of the Sahara Desert, parts in uh, Antarctica, uh, things in the Mayas, in Egypt, in Avalon, in the north, the north, uh, northern Europe that all reflect uh, Atlantis because what we're living through right now is actually through the fall of Atlantis, but everything that we know, do, and say comes originally from that civilization. So it's mass influence. 
And one of the reasons it would be relegated as myth is because if we truly knew who we were, we wouldn't be going through any of this right now. And so we have to have that veil of, of amnesia and there has to be a certain amount of um, deceit and illusion for us to work through. Um, but as new earth awakens, it's actually new Atlantis rising again. So it's a very, very exciting time on our planet, um, but lots to cut through. And regarding that Atlantean um, Disney cartoon, I didn't watch it until maybe four years ago. And I was quite appalled at how they, at how they <laughs> um, pictured Atlantis. And that happens mostly anytime I see Atlantis in movies, it's very negative. Yeah. And um, I'm also here to correct that stereotype. So uh, a little bit of my passion and fire will come out, but hopefully I'll keep it. Uh, I'll keep it nice and flowing for everybody so that they can come on this journey with me today. Yeah, yeah, very good. And speaking of journeys, before we, we'll come back to Atlantis most definitely here, but share a little bit about your story because this, you didn't just, you haven't been living this life no, I all have. of your life. You have quite a unique story. Um, and I would love it if you would share all the way from the beginning um, uh, up to, to now. Sure. Um, I would say like magic started entering my life and my mind maybe when I was eight um, only because I was, I knew I was from Egypt and I knew I was from Greece, um, being a child and being raised in a Catholic family. Uh, not that my parents were strict. It was just that they continue to have the beliefs that they were programmed with. So they would tell me reincarnation wasn't real. That's not true, Priscilla. You've never been an Egyptian. And my little eight-year-old soul at that time knew that I was from those lands. And, you know, I didn't have, um, I'm a child of the, the 80s. Um, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the ability to really look up a lot of things. So I spent my time reading the same books about Egypt and Greece over and over again, watching any of the programs I got on the three channels growing up as a, on an acreage of a Canadian farm. Um, and there wasn't a lot of access. So it wasn't something that was really in my consciousness. Um, I remember in grade six, we studied Greece. That's when I started learning about the goddess Athena. I felt a very strong affinity to her. In grade 10, we did Greek mythology in our English uh, in English class. I wrote about uh, goddess Athena, and I just felt a connection to her. Um, for those of you that are not aware, she really is a goddess of wisdom and healing and strategic war, meaning that she will never start a war, but damn, will she finish one. So... Um, she, she kind of led me through a lot. Um, I would say that my life was not any means extraordinary. Um, I became a dance teacher because I am very much full of passion. I have a lot of fire. And fire really is a wonderful thing because you, you will go all in when you are led by fire. Um, and so I love dance. I taught dance for 20 years uh, as a studio owner. I loved it so very much. And then um, when my mother-in-law got sick with ovarian cancer, uh, I had a nudge to start studying Reiki. I had had a Reiki session one year before she got sick, which would have been about 2012. And it started changing my life, especially um, knowing there was indeed an afterlife. I had lost a daughter uh, whom I loved incredibly so. And um, because she wasn't baptized, uh, the Catholic belief that came through me was that she's going to be in baby hell. My poor baby's in limbo. And when I went to this Reiki session, I didn't tell the Reiki master anything I was going through, but she saw my daughter sitting on my shoulder. And that 
in that moment, it opened everything for me because whatever I was programmed to believe, I realized wasn't true. And so I had more courage to keep searching for things beyond the 3D world. So when my mother-in-law was diagnosed and I, and I took that Reiki level one course, um, even though I was really scared and I wasn't very in tune with my intuition, there was something that felt really right about it. And so I spent a year um, just sharing Reiki with her and my husband just to help with the, with the pain that they were both going through. And when she passed in um, 2014, I had gotten my level two Reiki and I spent like the next, the next like three years sharing Reiki with my dance students and, and their parents and just people that I knew not really putting myself out there into the general public. But what became scary was that I loved it so much. I loved energy so much and I loved helping people feel better and feel lighter that I began to get scared that I wasn't going to be a dance teacher my whole life because that's what I thought I was going to do. And because I love dance so much and I had so many wonderful students and traveled around the world with it, it was almost like losing something really precious, but I couldn't deny how much the healing was coming through. And, and I started doing readings and I started um, teaching Reiki and it felt so good. And uh, in 2016, right in the middle of that turmoil, um, I traveled to the UK, which I don't feel like I have a very strong connection to. But while I was there, I kept hearing things about fairies and fairy queens and uh, green man. And I kept meeting all these beings that you would associate with the UK. And it became really enlightening for me that there was, again, far more than I thought um, but then the, the catalyst of that trip was I was in um, Bath, England, and there is a statue head of Minerva, who is Athena. And I always travel with um, with a journal because I, I like to write and download and, and channel a lot of messages. And so as I was walking by her, I said, do you have a message for me? And she said, yes. She goes, Priscilla, you're going to be going back to Greece um, sooner than you think, because it's time it's time to jumpstart your path. And I got excited, but I had no idea what she meant. Um, and I was just like, this is curious. And then I got an incredible activation from Stonehenge itself that really helped me see that I was about to go through something very difficult, but whatever I came through, I would remain standing like the, like those stones of Stonehenge, no rain, no wind, no, no storm will ever knock me down. So go forward fearlessly was the message they gave me. And um, within I'd say about five months of that, Athena came back uh, into my into my field and it was maybe January of 2017. And she said, OK, Priscilla, it's time. It's time for you to start studying about Atlantis. And I was just like how probably many of you are. I, I balked. I said, what? I laughed. I'm like, why? Who cares? Who cares about some city? Exactly what you said at the bottom of the sea. It's not even real. Why should I care? And um, Priscilla get a grip where do you think why do you think you love Egypt and Greece so much I understand there's a connection to like you need to start researching Atlantis and so I I spent um about four months reading four books one of them not so great the other three I immediately knew that I was like oh oh I see and so I ended up going to uh, Greece that summer, uh, August, right after, I think it would have been my 38th birthday, 37th, 38th birthday. And um, 
I went on a tour and it wasn't a spiritual tour, but for me it was. So I went alone, but I was with people on this tour. And every site I went to, uh, because I was now awakened compared to the last time I was in Greece, everything spoke to me. The trees were like, Priscilla, Priscilla, we haven't seen you in 800 years. Oh my gosh, come sit down. And it was like a reunion between me and the mountains and the rocks and the waters and the temples and Poseidon and Athena and everybody. I got so many upgrades and activations at that time that I thought I must be shining like a golden light because I, especially the, the uh, activation I got from Apollo, I felt incredibly light and peaceful. And um, when I returned home, I knew that things would have to, to shift drastically in my life. Um, so I had sold my studio. Um, I had opened a healing room and my guides then kind of teased me and said, Priscilla, you have your Reiki level too. And I said, yeah, I sure do. But like, what else you got? Uh Oh, and so I spent um, 2018 and 2019 taking every modality, reading every book, every course that I could afford that I could get my hands on. And I call them my years of expansion. And um, I really just opened up and the most beautiful thing that I uh, learned during that time or became aligned to was Atlantean healing. And I studied uh, with a couple from the UK, but in, um, in a town near Houston, Texas, I went in 2018 and 2019. And within the first hour of my first class, I said, I know my purpose on this planet and I know exactly what I was made for. And now I know exactly what to do. So as much as I say, I always love Reiki. Reiki to me is a foundation for so many people of your awakening and understanding energy and beginning to trust your intuition. Atlantean healing felt the most natural thing I've ever done, seen and continue to do. It's, it is a blessing that, and if, you know, I've shared, I, I have no idea healings with, with a few thousand people by now. And, um, Atlantean healing is the bridge and it really helps bring people back to their memories of like, oh, it is real. And we've been fooled into thinking that it's not. Why is that? Because we are so powerful at that time. So it's, it's quite the, the full circle from that, that little girl that knew she was Egyptian to understanding that Egypt and Greece are direct colonies of Atlantis. And that's why anything (laughs) Anything around the Atlantic Ocean and the Mediterranean Sea is going to be extremely Atlantean. Anything around the Pacific Ocean is going to be very Lemurian. And those are the two foundational forces of our current civilization. I I like to say that prior to four and a half million years ago, I have no idea what was around our Earth at that time, but it wasn't influenced by Atlantis and Lemuria at that time. But now in our current era that we live in, everything we do comes back to those two civilizations so it's um it's a wonderful awakening we're all going through and for those of you that are maybe listening and thinking man this woman be crazy um (laughs) i get it but when you know it you know it and that's it yeah oh that's such a beautiful story i love like you say it's such a full circle that knowing that you had as a child and i think um that happens probably more often than we realize that kids you know we think oh you're just being a kid but no some of those particularly you know I 
I would even say a little bit younger than eight. I think around like seven, six and seven is when we start to kind of shove things aside and, oh, I'm supposed to act this way in the real world. But in that younger age, you're kind of in this, like, we don't know what's real and what's imagination and what's remembering and what's actually real are happening now. So, um, but I think that's such a, such a beautiful story. I want to go back and touch on Atlantean healing a little bit, because I wonder if you can explain it to us. Um, my listeners should be fairly familiar with Reiki. Um, if you're not, if you're listening and you're not, go back to another episode <laughs> and listen because we've covered it before. Um, I have several episodes where we've mentioned Reiki, um, but I'm curious if you could explain what's what's different about the Atlantean healing. What's the process? How is it different? Just everything that you can about that. Um, I'll start off by saying Reiki literally is God Creator Sophia's um, love and light. So it's the rays, it's the rays of the love that emits from either the great central sun or creator, him or herself, that comes forward that we're then able to channel because we are children of God through our Holy Spirit. We're able to channel it and share it perhaps through our our hands, through our voice, through our eyes. Um, and it and it's a wonderful thing. Reiki itself is is very much in this, in this realm of earth. It's built on symbols and it happens to come through um, Master Yusui who is a wonderful uh, Japanese man, master, but also an ascended master and an Arcturian. Now, the way that Atlantean healing differs is it's still absolutely creator's love and light. It is not built on symbols. It is built on um, the foundations of Atlantis itself. So it's about unity, um, higher consciousness, really bringing in full awareness of who you've always been, not just in this realm, not just in this lifetime, but through billions upon billions of lifetimes. Um, it utilizes the energies of Atlantis, which is going to be crystal skulls, crystals. Uh, this is going to start, start sounding even more crazier. Dolphins, whales, unicorns, dragons, Poseidon, trident energy, Ankh energy. It's, it's everything. And when I started um, sharing it more and more, that first year that I was in my uh, practitioner part of it, I shared, I think, 100 healings in, in one year of Atlantean healings. They quickly became actually my forte. But what people have always said about it is that it's it's so powerful that it it's like it takes, I don't even know, decades or, or hundreds of years of programming and just blasts it off of you. So your third eye allows you to really see what is true and what is not. And pre-COVID, I used to say, after an Atlantean healing, healing you go into an Atlantean shield and that shield is like a truth teller. And so it's almost like you're in a bubble for three to five, six weeks, depending on how long the shield is made for you. And you get to really see who's for you and whose purpose has, has passed. So lots of things would shift after Atlantean healing. People would unfortunately sometimes get divorced after an Atlantean healing um, because it's a catalyst for change. But the thing about Atlanta is what we should understand. And this is not something that I read out of book. It's because I, I teach very regularly. I teach probably um, 12 to 15 classes a month. And through all my, my, my journeys that I do with my students, um, what I understand is that every realm within our universe goes through an Atlantean era. An Atlantean era is when you're in a fifth dimensional uh, consciousness. And so that happened to earth, you know, 30,000 years ago, we were able to access a fifth dimensional consciousness. And so we have the golden era of Atlantis right there. 
But if we're talking about the Arcturians, the Palladians, the Syrians, the Polarians, the Cassiopeians, the Orions, and so on and so forth, they each go through an Atlantean era. So Atlantis then is, is spread around the universe and people recognize that frequency. And that's why you don't have to be of Earth to understand it. And some of my more galactic um, clients, what I've seen in their field is that they used to come visit me in the, in the healing temples of Atlantis from, from faraway places because they wanted the Atlantean healing and that's an earth was currently holding the Atlantean frequency. And so they would come from all over into great uh, temples that we had. And, you know, one thing I forgot to mention, the main facet of Atlantean healings with the angels. And that's why it's, it's powerful, but it's peaceful. And um, most times my clients fall asleep Sometimes they kind of almost seem to hover. They're in just this state or this trance state. And once in a while, a client knows exactly what I'm doing second by second, feels, sees, and knows everything. And will ask me, what did you just do with that crown on my head? How'd you put that sacred geometry in? What's happening? Why do I have an obelisk coming out of here? I'm like, how do you know these things? So um, Atlantean healing, I have combined um everything that i know to to create golden atlantean healing because to me it's important because there is a lot of fear about atlantis that people understand i'm i'm working with a golden ray frequency which is christ energy which is universal love um there's nothing to fear at all with it yeah oh, that sounds so beautiful everything everything you say sounds so <laughs> so lovely and beautiful so you've kind of you've touched a little bit on what's special about Atlantis. Um, I mean, that, that energy, that frequency. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Atlantis and Lemuria and its relevance today. Okay. And if you have to go back and explain more about the history, that's fine too. But why, why are we caring beyond, well, you can just go and get a, this type of feeling. Well, what we're attaining right now is we're coming back into a fifth dimensional frequency. And we've been here more than one time on this planet. Some people will write that we're entering the sixth golden age of earth. I'm not sure if that's true, but um, I love to think that it is. When we think of Lemuria, most people on the planet, their entry point into this realm, meaning when they've been, you know, a star being for a long time in other realms, and they decide to, to give the earth school a try, most of them will come to Lemuria first. And you're going to come to Lemuria first to understand the frequency of Gaia herself. Gaia is a goddess, a living entity. Um, she literally is our mother. We come through her womb space in order to be birthed onto this realm. And so when you're in Lemurian, you understand the frequency of her that every fruit, seed, um, sapling, leaf, animal, it all is of her. And so you come in and you learn the ways of earth. And it's not in the ways that we are now trapped in, in a matrix of, of false programming. It's embodying yourself, acknowledging the four elements within yourself, in your environment, the elementals, uh, understanding the rhythm and the heartbeat of earth, singing to her, honoring her and acknowledging her. Atlantis doesn't exist without Lemuria. Lemuria is. Um, is the peace that many of us are wanting to come back to. Those are my brothers and sisters who long for the ocean, who go to Hawaii or Fiji and like, this is where I want to live. I, it's You're so Lemurian and, and Lemurians are some of the most 
giving, loving, heart-centered people I've ever met. They're extremely compassionate. Many of them are in tune directly with trees and animals. Most of them will be vegetarian, uh, usually vegan, because they don't either, they don't want to wear animals either. There's just such a, such a respect there. And there's so much compassion that they will cry a lot of the atrocities to Gaia, okay? To her people, absolutely. But to Gaia, having, you know, an ancient forest cut down is an atrocity to a Lemurian. Now, Lemuria is like, I, I call them sister continents, but in the way Lemuria is also the mother. So she's known as Mu, the motherland, okay? So most of us are all going to spend our time on Lemuria first, even myself. I come to Lemuria, I begin to train as a priestess, I get to understand being an earth priestess, and then eventually I make my way to Atlantis and, and train to, to the role that I, that I ended up really embodying. Um, now, Atlantis itself is like, can we take what we learn from the Lemurians, but now add understanding that we are part of a galactic community? Can we take the universal laws, the 12 universal laws, can we live by them, abide by them, and create the most beautiful heaven on earth and reach the highest consciousness? So my, um, my guides have told me that some things that we should know about the Atlanteans is that they are the best students um, in the universe because they always want more. They're never satisfied. What else can I learn? What else can I know? How can I apply it? How can I help? How can I share? And that's both our, our positive aspect and it's our negative one because eventually some Atlanteans get lured. It's not enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. So you have everything you could ever want. And I mean, in both Atlantis and Lemuria, nobody suffers. Nobody is homeless. Nobody is addicted uh, to drugs or alcohol. Um, nobody is left behind. Everybody is living in their fullest purpose and serving one another and giving freely and receiving freely. And so it's a really, really beautiful thing. And that's why we're, we're coming back to it. But what we should recognize about the Atlanteans is that they become the most powerful priestesses and priests. When they're in the light, they spread the most love on the planet. And the Atlanteans become such incredible people that as they spread out um, from the center of the Atlantic Ocean and they make different colonies, they become the pantheons that we know now. They are the Greek gods and goddesses, the Egyptian ones, the Celtic ones, the Norse ones, uh, the Hindu gods and goddesses. All of these are actual real people that came from Atlantis. And lots of times we're going to see them uh, portrayed in gigantic nature because as we evolve into a higher consciousness, our bodies actually grow to fit who we become. So right now in the third uh, level consciousness, you and I, you know, in general, our society is about five feet to six feet. That's the, the norm for people today. Um, in a fourth density we're going to be about on average between seven and ten feet in a fifth density we're going to well go well past 12 feet 12 16 feet perhaps even 25 feet so the giants that we see um in skeletal remains in pictures those are atlantean descendants ones that we can continue to see but also when you look at monuments um of blue-skinned beings that are goddess like say like um shiva in hinduism is blue-skinned osiris is green skinned. Uh, a lot of those beings, again, are from Atlantis, but they're also from the stars. And that's why we can get very um, confused. At least what I tell people is like, well, everything goes back to Atlantis, all roads. 
So um, it's depicted everywhere. It's not people in our past didn't just make shit up for fun. You know, like you see a giant with a small person. That was true. And it's because we had incredible knowledge. And then through the fall of Atlantis, which is the fall of our consciousness, we forgot. And we forgot many, many times over. And we lost our magic. And we lost that wonder. And we lost the ability to know that for real, dragons are real. So are unicorns or so are fairies and the list goes on. So I would, I would propose as, as much as it might hurt your brain to think so. Anything that is relegated as myth on this planet is actually true. And they are deceiving us into thinking that it's not true. They're trying to make light of it and make it a fantasy. So we don't pursue it. Anything that we're told on this planet is true as fact is most likely the illusion and the lie. So you have to, you have to unlearn and the best way to unlearn is just to connect with your Holy Spirit because it has every ounce of truth of your whole existence within you. And once you get to understand it, you will never be misled again. But if you if you operate out of your brain and not out of your heart, you're gonna you're gonna buy into whatever they're selling, which is the latest pandemic and you know, buy this massive house that you can't afford and let me tax you with carbon tax that, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, yeah. it's so funny. So what I see now as a, as someone who understands her Atlantean past is that these are the same tricks they used at the fall of Atlantis. And that's why they don't want us awakening. And that's why they don't want us remembering because we will, we will see their playbook and we'll be like, wait a minute. I saw this unfold 13,000 years ago. And I fell for it, or I didn't fall for it. What am I going to do about it now? So it's very, it's very relevant that everything we're experiencing, we've already experienced. What are we going to do about it? Yeah, that it makes total sense to me. Um, and I think I'm glad that you mentioned. You know, uh, the the longer I live, the more I I hear these myths and things, or things I always thought were myths or fairy tales or stories. And you always think, oh, but that was like way back when, way back when we were stupid, like we didn't know anything. And you know what I mean? Like, oh, way back because we've evolved and we're like, now that we're this far into evolution, we're surely the smartest that we've ever been. I mean, that logically, that makes sense. You think of, you have like a a caveman that evolves into, you know, homeo sapus and then we just get smarter and smarter. Um, But then when I look at, even from like the health and nutrition standpoint, when I see things like, um, oh, even like fermented foods. So people have been eating fermented foods for thousands of years, but it's just now kind of coming back because science said, oh, hey, look, this is actually good for you. There's a reason why that they were doing this. Well, no kidding. There was a reason why they were doing this. And and so many other therapies, you know, acupuncture and all different types of things that have been around for thousands and thousands of years. And we think that, oh, well, we've evolved to be smarter because we have pharmaceuticals and that's better. And I'm not knocking pharmaceuticals. Sometimes they have their place, but that's, that doesn't mean that, oh, we're better than that. It's, oh no, there's that was good too. So it's kind of the same concept of, okay, so let's open our minds even more. These other things that we thought were just myth or whatever. And then you start to look at like um, hieroglyphics and inside of the pyramids. Mm -hmm. When you look at some of those and there's a lot of, you know, people, my kids make fun of me because I am into the aliens right now. (laughs) 
I'm always watching, learning about aliens, they say. Um, but but really, you know, when you look at some of those hieroglyphics and things like that, it's like you say, you have the 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 giant person next to the small person or the blue skinned person. That wasn't the Egyptians being stupid. I mean, they built pyramids. How did they build the pyramids? Nobody can give a really concrete realistic logical example uh, or answer on how did they even build those pyramids but you know with different knowledge different technologies that we're just not aware of anymore like you say if we forgot um quote unquote forget we're forced to forget right um and then you know it, it just was a different time it wasn't just that they didn't know any different they just drew cartoons on the walls no those were there's a lot, there's a lot going on there that we just don't stop and think about, or we just accept whatever we're told. That, so that's probably the the biggest highlight of what you just said. We accept what we've been told because we are programmed to do so. And that really happens through school. School is not a free thinking space. It's exactly what the controllers of our world want us to know or not know or be distracted by. So we don't uncover the truth. So if we think about Egypt as the first daughter of Atlantis, okay, so out of all the places in the world, Egypt holds the most keys to Atlantis because it's it's the first colony. It's the first thing that they really poured their knowledge into, knowing eventually that Atlantis would sink. Now, some of the Atlanteans are under no illusion. Some are too busy partying and basically being <laughs> gluttonous to understand that, you know, their world is going to end many prepared and went to Egypt and brought these teachings. So when we're seeing aliens in the hieroglyphs, it's because we were full in communication with the star nations. And once Atlantis fell and earth started slipping into the third density, it was no longer a safe place for many of these beings. So when we think of something, say like dragons, dragons in general tend to be starting at a fourth density up into perhaps a ninth density, maybe higher, but we'll just, we'll give it that range. We can't see them because we live in a third density. We can't see a lot of things. And that's why people that do plant medicine journeys, which is Gaia's medicine, will open you up to the true magic that exists on the planet. And once you have a little bit of that taste, whether maybe you did an ayahuasca journey you know, a psilocybin, maybe use cannabis, but there's something about it that awakens you into the magic. You can't unsee it. You long for it because it's not super visual, but you begin to understand that they have actually robbed us of these beautiful beings to work with. Because I legit, as a child, I used to laugh at people that thought about unicorns. And I remember grade two, people would get these posters and books and bookmarks of unicorns. And in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, these people are really, really stupid. Really, right? And then when I met my own unicorn on my um, on my journey, I was so sad that I was fooled for so long that this being who is like a guardian angel to me, that was ignored because I wouldn't allow my mind to open to it. So it's it's so much programming in our world. When we think of the pyramids, when we think of any structures like that and this, this includes the the grandest cathedrals uh in europe the arc de triumph any of that stuff none of us can produce that now when you go to greece or rome the thing i discovered last time when i was there in 2017 was 
I thought, what a shame. What a shame we don't have any of these artists here anymore that can create the statues that they did at that time. But it's A, because we don't have the knowledge and B, because we don't have the tools. They did not sit there with a chisel and carve these things out. It's just like, you know, when you look at some of the false history, they'll say some of these cathedrals were built in um, 10 years. Well, how are they built when they had presumably had no tools and no electricity and no laser technology? Like, it's just, it's just ridiculous. And I get it for anyone that's, that's kind of shaking their head right now. Cause I was there before my, before my awakening, I would be with you. And I'd be like, well, that's silly. We don't have to think about it. But if you actually devote your time to realizing that it doesn't add up, you will see so many mis, um, misalignments in our, uh, in our world. And that, that happens to, to connect deeply to Atlantis and Lemuria. Once you come into that understanding that these things are true, more and more things open up for you. And they really blow your mind. And then you get excited that, the human um, potential is unlimited. It really is. We are slated to be some of the most powerful and wise beings in all the universe. So if you're really that powerful, how much do they have to do to dampen that? Right? Think of all the work they would have to do over tens of thousands of years to make us forget who we are. And not only that, but to trap us, to poison us, to poison our third eyes, to poison us by air, by food, by water, to program us with, why do we have to know advanced calculus? Why? Unless you're going to be a, an incredible mathematician, physician, or sorry, physics major, why would you have to know that? Because they want to stress you out. They want you to make you feel dumb. They want to program you uh, in a nine to three school so that eventually you will go to work in a nine to five job. It's just it's so hard when you see it, when we're, when we're one of those people that, that really sees things clearly. Sometimes it's really hard to live in a world where so many, I feel like, choose to remain sleeping. Um, however, I know that it changes every day. And I've also come to a place of lots of compassion, right? Because I was there. And that's why most of us, I feel like, aren't born awake. I do have a few friends that have been awake the whole time. And it's fascinating to listen to their childhood because they didn't block anything out right but for the majority of us we have to come through usually some kind of massive trauma which for me was um, losing my daughter and losing my mother-in-law that kind of heartfelt trauma will make you question there has to be something more to this life there has to be I can't have a daughter that lives for such a short time and then then nothing then she's just in heaven and that's it what's the purpose of her soul for that but if you understand that your soul is eternal and it's the bodies that transform all the time, then it makes total sense why Talia ascended when she did. Um, so it's 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 so much to uncover and it's so fun. And, it, and you're going to go through periods of darkness and frustration and sadness and then hope and light and expansion. And then you're going to go through it all over again and again and again. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love so, so many things to unpack. I mean, as you're talking like, oh, we could do an episode on that. We could do another episode on that. We could do... <laughs> It's kind of a rabbit hole to go down once you start just kind of, again, it's just opening your mind and asking more questions like, wait a minute, what if this, what if this is true? Could this be true? Could this be actually not true? What I've believed all this time? And why do I think this is true? Who told me this? Do they have ulterior motives? Those kinds of questions. Once you just start kind of 
asking those questions, um, you just, there's more and more to uncover, I think. So thank you for bringing all of this awareness um, about Atlantis and Lemuria and everything else here today. What's one final thing that you just wish everybody knew about the work that you're doing here? Um, I'm not alone that actually my, I had a recent vision um, that behind me were literally millions upon millions upon millions of Atlanteans ready to awaken, ready to rise. And why we need you to be in touch with that ancient part of you is to reclaim your gifts and your power and your knowledge because we are at a tipping point um, in our world that if we don't stand up, if we don't speak up, and we can see what's playing out right now in the media in the last two weeks, especially, um, then we're going to lose our opportunity to to be in the golden era? Do we want to continue to live in poverty and programming and lack and suffering? Or do we want to choose to create unity and mass amounts of love and come back to golden Atlantis where everybody has a home and everybody is fed and everybody is seen at the beauty of their soul and not by the casing that they've chosen in the incarnation. So my work is is to bring back the love, light, and wisdom of golden Atlantis. And for anyone that feels drawn, um, my key components to doing that are Akashic Records readings, which far extend into the um, to the galactic realms, um, golden Atlantean healings, which I'm just right now saving for my one-on-one -on -one clients and um, at retreats. And then just to take classes you're drawn to. I love, I teach about green Tara and Isis and the angels of Atlantis and ancient civilizations and star beings and because all of that is Atlantean so it's it's easy for me to access and if it's if it's a struggle for you right now to access then know by by educating yourself and taking what you're drawn to you're going to find great great truth and great power within it and um you know if you look at my path I wasn't born knowing but once I once I was activated and ignited I didn't stop and I, I will never stop um now Atlantis will be who I am for the rest of my time on this planet. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, Priscilla, so much. If people are interested in maybe working with you or getting some of this Atlantean healing, what's a good place for them to reach out? Um, I always love my website, templesofatlantis.ca. Uh, and I'm most active on Instagram. So I have Temples of Atlantis on there. You can shoot me a DM. I share lots of Atlantean history on there. Um, lots of knowledge, different channel messages from different gods and goddesses. And then that's where I also talk about my retreat. So um, I do have a return to Aztlan retreat throughout Guatemala, Honduras, uh, Mexico, and Belize coming up in February that I'm taking registrations for. And we're going to explore those temples and reconnect to ourselves and get ready to remember our Atlantean, our Atlantean power. So um, I welcome it. 2024 is going to be a good, a good year for everybody. Oh, I love that. That sound, that retreat sounds amazing. <laughs> well, thank you again, Priscilla um, and everybody that's listening. I know this is something, this topic was very different than most topics that I cover on here, but I think it's important to open our minds to different ways of thinking um, and to just kind of see what 
you know, maybe you couldn't get behind all of this, but maybe there was a little bit that you were like, well, but that I can. So take that and then leave the rest. Um, and who knows, maybe you'll be like me and <laughs> everything I've, I've said, oh, I don't know about that. It's like two years later, I'm like fully in it. Like, oh no, I believe in this now. It's <laughs> so real to me. Um, I'll just add that when you don't know what you believe or when something seems crazy, go into your heart. If you can yeah. feel the love of my words, you will understand that it is a truth. If it upsets you a little bit, sit with it a bit. It's okay. It's new information for you maybe, but the truth always comes through your Holy Spirit. And so whatever you encounter in life, go within and you will find the right path. But if you just listen to your head, knowing your head is programmed, you're just going to keep doing the same things over and over again. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful life advice right there from Priscilla. So take take that. And if even if you couldn't get the rest of it, take that last bit, she said, we can all get behind that. So thank you again, Priscilla, everybody else. I hope wherever you're at, you are having a fantastic day and I will catch you on the next one. That's it for today, friends. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe or even better, Leave a review and let me know what resonated with you the most. The more you tell me what you love, the better I'm able to create future episodes with even better content. I'm sending you so much love and light. I'll see you in the next episode.